Hello and welcome to episode 37 of the Active Growth Podcast. Today we are talking about why you maybe should not be an entrepreneur. So we are continuing our theme of gentle but kind discouragement after our last episode, which was about why you should not be a startup. And and you really shouldn't, by the way. This is unconditional. So if you haven't listened to the last episode, definitely do that. Today's advice is about why you maybe shouldn't be an entrepreneur. And yes, this might apply to you if you're listening. But even if you are one of the people who should be an entrepreneur, give this a listen because I think there is there are some problems that we discuss here that are kind of prevalent in your circles and you might also know a lot of people who need this advice. As always, you can find show notes and links and so on that go along with an episode by going to activegrowth.com forward slash 37. That is also where you can leave us a voice message or a comment and get in touch. So that is activegrowth.com forward slash 37. And with that, let's get into the episode. I want to start with the quote that I think is the worst quote ever. And it goes like this. If you don't build your dream, someone else will hire you to help build theirs. Yes, I can picture it on like on a generic stock image of like a beach or something, right? In in curly font. Exactly. That that's mostly what happens. And unfortunately, if you google this this quote, you will see it a lot. And I, like I said, this is really one of those quotes. Like there are a lot of motivational quotes that kind of like, cringeworthy, cringeworthy. <laughs> but but this one just like it it hurts me reading this. And the reason for this is that I'm sure, like I'm hundred percent sure that the only people posting this type of quotes are struggling solopreneurs. Now, the reason that I'm saying this is because think about this. So you're like, if you're not building your dream, somebody will hire you to build theirs. What a horrible attitude is this? And and with this attitude, you will never be able to build a business. Yeah. There's no it's, way. It's really condescending. Right? It's really condescending. And I think it's it's totally true, right? It's It is kind of a symptom of someone who is kind of in the beginning phases of entrepreneurship. I mean, maybe they've been in the beginning phase for a long time, right? As, as many people get stuck there, but it does seem like very short-sighted and it's kind of elitist, right? It's like, oh, you know, I'm I'm building my dream. What are you doing? It's, it's totally like this glorification of entrepreneurship where it's like, I'm so much better because I got out exactly. of the nine to five. I got out of the rat race, which is probably one of those other <laughs> things that really, really like hurt my soul when I hear them and I mean one of the reasons guys I have a job I don't know <laughs> most most of you know but I'm I'm head of the marketing department for, for Thrive Team so that's that's like a real more than full-time job and and when and the funny thing is a lot of people come to me in co-working spaces with these type of things like saying like oh I want to get out of the nine to five or I finally broke free or and I'm like yay you're so much better than me and then they're like what what are you talking about and I'm like well I work <laughs> I have a job and and yeah this 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 idea of like entrepreneurship is is the holy grail of of and it's the only way that you can have your dream life and and make shitloads of money and uh, have freedom and whatever else goes with yeah. it 
And the whole thing of like, it's a failure if you've tried entrepreneurship and you go back to a job. That's mm. that's failure, right? That's that's like, oh my God, you just, you didn't, you didn't build your dream. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, uh, yeah, it, and like you said before, also, it's like, of course, as soon as you, like the people, <laughs> the people who are hired and to help build someone else's dream, that, that's most people. And just because it's most people doesn't mean it makes you better by not being one of them, right? That these people are super important. Like any business, any business that isn't just someone, you know, isn't just a solopreneur freelancer, relies on these people. And and yeah, I think that that's one of the things that's kind of just icky about this quote is that it's just so condescending towards basically almost everyone, right? <laughs> and and it's also the idea that um, someone is kind of less important or, or yeah, less skilled or anything, less of anything really because they're not an entrepreneur it's just well it's just wrong it's just wrong and so and you are an interesting example of this because like you say you are you have a job but it's not because you have to it's not that you have i mean you still even now you still have your own income streams mm. it's not that you have to work for someone else like you failed as an entrepreneur <laughs> and that's why you have a job right like you choose to do this exactly and it's it's exactly like condescending on it's like you don't have enough ambition mm. if you're not an entrepreneur. And and that's something that I that, that I encountered a lot, basically, when people are like, oh, so when are you starting your own business? Mm. I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> I'm really not. Like, I'm not interested at the moment to, to, like, start from scratch. Like, I really enjoy working with the team and I really enjoy the, the, the things and the scale that I can that I can do my job at and and again i think this comes from either people having a really bad experience in in corporate world right so they they were working for a company they they weren't invested in the mission or, or the vision of the company whatsoever they were hired to do some job that they probably didn't really like and then you have a nine to five where it's like okay you go there you do your job you don't really care about what you're doing or which company you're working for and maybe you stay because your colleagues are kind of cool or maybe it's just like yeah it pays the bills or whatever and then then you have this feeling of like oh my god i need to i need to break out i need to do something more with my life i need to um yeah do something more meaningful and have more freedom and and so that's why I think that a lot of people who become entrepreneur do it for the wrong reasons, basically. Yeah, I think we have a strange glorification of entrepreneurship in our culture, where um, in in a couple of different ways, actually. I mean, on the one side, you have this kind of the digital nomad, four-hour work week, you know, um, sipping pina coladas on a beach with my laptop idea, which, look, I don't know a single successful entrepreneur who, who does that. Or anything remotely like that. It's just not like that. <laughs> and and even people who manage to, you know, build a lifestyle business, which is to say a business that doesn't doesn't consume their lives, and kind of gives them financial freedom and maybe location independence and things like that. The people I know who've successfully done this um, and aren't just you know kind of haven't just gone into debt and are trying to make it happen or something like that, right? Because you do meet people in in Bangkok and Bali and other digital nomad hotspots who seem to be doing this. But when you when you dig a bit deeper, you realize they aren't actually successful entrepreneurs. They're, like, they're still trying to make it happen, right? So the people who have actually successfully gotten to this point where they have a, a lifestyle business are, first of all, rare and usually have a story of 
where they've sacrificed at least a few years, like at least three to five years of their lives where they were a slave to this thing, right? Where they basically built this business and they became a slave to their business and they became a slave to their clients and so on. And they worked way harder than before. And they had a, you know, a way harder time than before in order to get to that point. And that's often, I think, like underemphasized, you know, how high the failure rate of this is and how, how difficult it is to get there. But then on the other side, there's also this glorification of like the super entrepreneur, right? Where, um, where it's all about, you know, it's just constant hustle and grind, right? I'm just working, you know, 25 hours a day and I never sleep. And all I do is work and I'm the hardest worker ever. It's like as almost a competition who who can work harder. It's like, okay, that's true that that's an element that's usually necessary for entrepreneurship. But why are we glorifying this? Like, why do you want this? This is not a good life. <laughs> this is there, there, there's another one of those quotes where it's like, well, if you want to work ninety hours a week, or if you want to break free of your forty hours a week, become an entrepreneur so you can work ninety hours a week for less money. Exactly for less money. Yes. <laughs> and I think that's that's definitely true. Like you're saying, there are a lot of people who, who are hustling a lot and and who who feel like that's that's the only way where they can have like the the I guess the freedom that they're looking for because at this point it's probably they're they're earning less than they would if they had a traditional job if they were on, on non-employee um but it's really weird that then still it seems like that is the only option and i think like the reason why i really really wanted to do this episode is because there are other options it's not just like oh you're having a job and it's shitty and you're you're an entrepreneur and you have freedom that's that's just not how it works if you're a designer for example and and the one thing that you really want to do the one thing that really makes you happy is designing cool logos you're probably not gonna enjoy being an entrepreneur because it, it entails so much more you will have to search for clients and you will actually have to um yeah make like these invoices and 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 everything administrative about a business that you don't want and for that type of person it might be way better to look for a company, to look for an agency, to look for uh, some some company where they can stand behind the vision, the mission, and the way they work, and and apply there. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's. I think it's important. So, also what I see here, and the problem with the glorification of the entrepreneur is that people get into it for the wrong reasons, which is why we've t- titled this episode "Why You Shouldn't Be an Entrepreneur." Right. Um, it's it isn't for everyone and it's a problem when it seems like the only option and when the the image we have of what it is to be an entrepreneur is just totally distorted so then you have people coming into this or you have people kind of stuck in and you know people going into debt and getting themselves in real trouble trying to be an entrepreneur when really they got into it for the completely wrong reasons with the completely wrong expectations and it's just not a good choice to make right and the the example you gave is a good one i think this is the this is the maker trap, right? I'm pretty sure there's a better term for this, but let's call it the maker trap, where where you are you are the maker, you're the craftsman, and you um, you think, oh, I really like doing this thing, I'm good at this, I'll turn this into a business. Well, what happens is that you have there's basically one of two problems that you'll be confronted with. If you do your own thing, like you just said, in, instead of designing logos, which is what you like to do, suddenly you're you know filing tax forms, and and you have to um, do all this marketing to try and find clients you have to do selling you have to do all this stuff and you, you'll notice that something between 50 and 80 percent of your time will be spent doing things you don't like doing and instead of doing your craft and that's really disappointing now the alternative to this is that you start a company with at least three people one of the 
one of the people is responsible for the craft, one of the people is responsible for sales and marketing, and one of the people is responsible for financials and admin. But now you have to pay three people. And so immediately you have a problem of scale, right? Because right away you might notice that you can't do your craft at a scale that pays three people. So now you have to hire someone else who's in charge of HR and start hiring people. And oh my God, again, you're an entrepreneur, right? And it's just maybe, maybe that's what you want. It is a good path, right? And it can be, it's a very challenging path and it can be an interesting path, but I think what we're trying to do here is give like an accurate job description of what it's actually like <laughs> to be an entrepreneur because it's not like, oh, I'm doing my cool design work plus I'm living on a beach. Right? That's just not how it is. <laughs> and, and yeah, I think that's that's the big distinction. It's between I want to do my, my, my work and I want to have the freedom to do my work and that's why I become an entrepreneur versus I, I want to build something. Like I want to have an impact. Uh, I, I want to do something different, something that nobody else has done. And that's where I think you're on the right track of at least having the mindset of an entrepreneur. Again, if, if you posted this quote, <laughs> then, <laughs> then you're, you're going to fail. Because the thing is, if, if you want that business that makes an impact, that actually like... Uh, make something new and, and, and does something different, you will need people that you can hire that will help you build your dream. And I, I sincerely hope that you will understand this and that you won't become the boss that you hated so much. Exactly, because that's, that's the other thing, right? That's the other side of this equation. As an entrepreneur, um, if you do anything other than solopreneuring, then you take on this responsibility of first of all, you have to you have to be able to appreciate, you have to be able to find, and and uh, cultivate and appreciate those people who help you build your dream, um, and they will become your favorite people in the world. By the way, they're the most important people, right? Um, and you also you then are responsible to to be a better boss than than all the bosses that cause this problem of everyone wanting to escape the nine to five and everyone um, seeking this freedom even if it's really not the right thing for them. And again, that's that's part of the job, right? That's part of the job is that you become responsible for more people. And if that's appealing, if that's something you want, if that's something you care enough about, then then that might be an indication that you have the entrepreneurial mindset. But, but if it isn't, then again, it's maybe not the right fit. Maybe being an entrepreneur is not what's needed in that case. Another thing around this, I think, is the difference between a service provider or a solopreneur and wanting to build a business. And this is something that I've seen a lot around me where people actually, they want to build a better job for themselves. Mm. So they they start out with the idea of, okay, I, I just want to be able to replace my salary with, well, my, my business or, or the thing that I do for myself. And then, yeah, they have this building their own job type of thing because again, the fact that they didn't fit in uh, with the company that they tried before. But a lot of people, when I heard this, I read this example in a book basically, and, and the example was somebody who wanted to have a dog walking business. And the, the, the person was asking like, oh, so when will you make a million dollars? And the girl was like, what? I'm, it's a dog walking business. Like, I'm not gonna make a million, I'm, I'm gonna walk dogs. That's what I like to do. 
And then he asked, but wouldn't it be nice to be able to walk only the dogs that you really like to walk mm -hmm. and to have the choice to do that or not, <laughs> to basically not have to walk dogs anymore to get your salary. And, and that's also like a mindset shift, right? Where um, the difference between, oh, I want to design my logos and I have to crank out, like, I don't know how many logos per month in order to be able to make my salary versus yeah, I want to have the opportunity to design logos, but I also want this uh, this agency or this design business or or I also want to make design pickle, for example, which which is a completely different mindset. So and and unfortunately, it's put on the same pile. Um, independent if you're like, oh, I'm I'm basically just creating my own job or I'm an entrepreneur and actually like want to make a real business. It just everything is on entrepreneurship which also makes it difficult to to talk about it as if it was one and the same thing so let's let's talk about a bit more let's talk about two things one you know how can you tell whether you actually have the entrepreneurial mindset and whether whether this is actually something that will work for you or whether it's just something that's going to make you miserable and if you find that actually maybe you are interested in entrepreneurship or you got into it for the wrong reasons like what are the alternatives and how do you get to them, right? How do you how do you get, because of course you want to have a job you don't hate, you want to have a certain level of freedom, you want to have a certain level of choice when it comes to like your lifestyle, you want to get paid well. What are the options for getting this kind of thing without having to put up with the downsides of building your own business? So let's get into those two points. But first, let me also quickly call back to some previous episodes because you might have noticed a pattern in a lot of things we've been talking about. And one of them, one important episode that comes to mind here is our episode about um, your journey. Is your journey worth having? So there we talked about, well, one of the downsides of, of the stresses uh, of entrepreneurship and the pursuit of the dream of, you know, a great lifestyle and lots of money and so on, which of course is a reason why people get into it. One of the downsides is that it can lead to misery and depression. And that's one of the episodes I talked about this in one of the episodes called is your journey worth having it's like how do you orient yourself in a way where you're not just constantly chasing that end of the rainbow. And another one is the episode where we talk about why you should not be a startup which is also so that's the previous episode from this one, which where we also talk about kind of the, the responsibility of entrepreneurship that I believe goes beyond just let's make a bunch of money uh, because that kind of entrepreneurship is first of all the well has been poisoned <laughs> by by a certain culture uh, by this whole growth over everything culture in in uh, digital entrepreneurship especially by vc funding and by investment in general the way it works it's it's basically a path that I think needs to be avoided and I think that's one of the one of the reasons why so many people hate their jobs is that of course if you work for a company where it's just growth over everything and one of the ways in which we can grow the bottom line is we can just ditch some people or pay them less or exploit them otherwise then yeah of course you want to escape from that so I think that's that's one of the things that well obviously it's not like an obligation but in my opinion this is one of the things that that we should take care of as entrepreneurs is that we that we do use this if we if we do decide to be entrepreneurs that we do use this as a force for positive change in the world not just as a way to make a quick buck and of course you will find links to those episodes in the show notes of this one if you want to go back and listen to those all right so let's talk about how 
do you recognize whether entrepreneurship is right? Like, what are the qualities you need to have in order for entrepreneurship to be the thing that you should do? Stress resilience. <laughs> yes. I, I do think that's that's an important one because, so in my experience, entrepreneurship is very much, it's just constant problem solving, right? It's constant, chaotic, highly dynamic problem solving. I cannot remember a period in all of the, and I've done entrepreneurship in kind of many different ways, right? Um, I've done many different things. I've, I've uh, been involved in and run different businesses. And it's basically always that it's, it's, you always have more problems than you can possibly solve. And you have to, in, and it's constantly shifting, right? The sands are constantly shifting because um, while you're working through your pile of problems, stuff can go wrong. You know, it might be technical stuff on your website that goes wrong or some new regulation comes along or just stuff. You're constantly being thrown new curveballs that you have to deal with. And you generally cannot solve all the problems you have. And in this changing environment, you have to constantly prioritize what are the most important things I need to work on right now and how do I work on them? And you somehow have to do all that while also doing whatever it is that your business is supposed to do, right? But a, a huge component of it is just this, this constant problem solving. And I think for me, um, this works fairly well. I, I like problem solving and I thrive on challenges, okay? I'm, I'm one of those people who I just, I just really like a challenge. I like doing things that are hard because they're hard. And I'm one of those people, for example, if I, if I do something, um, I like to make things more difficult for myself and just to challenge myself, right? So, so just as an example, like, you know, uh, the other day I went, I went rock climbing and I like to choose routes in rock climbing that are, that are kind of too difficult for me, right? Slightly too difficult for me. Like I wouldn't be very satisfied or I, I don't try to, I don't try to like succeed at every route I take, but right? I try to, um, I try to find a way to make it more difficult for me. And if it's something is too easy for me, I will set an extra challenge for myself, right? So um, I will choose to skip a hole. Only one hand. Or yeah, or use <laughs> well with climbing that's a bit difficult, but something like that, right? Where I will, I will deliberately, if I'm climbing and it's too easy for me, I will deliberately, I make a choice in my head where I say, okay, I'm going to skip those two, just to because I want it to be hard, right? And so I think that's um, that's a trait that's very useful. And I think if you're the kind of person who shies away from challenges and doesn't like the idea of, oh, but if I try this, I'm going to fail at it, that, that would be a big red flag for me when it comes to entrepreneurship. I think everything that's liking routine and liking that things go the way you wanted them to go is probably, if that's how you thrive, then that's probably not what, like, as an entrepreneur, the chances of stuff going the way you want it exactly like you said it's like problem after problem and and so you have to be able to adapt quickly and and be okay with that like not not just be capable of doing that but also just feel good doing that and i think that's a, that's a big difference and it's one of the things i i, I talked with friends like ex colleagues of mine and they are like, yeah, I'm, I like everything that you do. And I think it's super fascinating to hear when you have like a new project. And But I like knowing at the end of the month that I have a paycheck. Mm -hmm. And I like knowing that when I'm sick, that I still have that, that leave, like that paid leave, for example. And so I think if you're the one, 
if you're a person that that's more attached to that security uh, then entrepreneurship will be really hard yeah for me another thing that that works for me is that i really like learning new skills and this is something that happens all the time but the downside is and i have to say i i feel that pain sometimes as well that um is a lack of specialization. I, I would really, sometimes I would really like to just specialize in something, right? I would really like to just be like really good at the thing. But I, I don't really get to do that because I'm changing hats so often. Um, so again, that, that's something where, you know, I can totally appreciate that the desire to just specialize and the desire to just be like, I'm gonna be the most kick-ass copywriter or something like that. And for me, that's an example where I, I, I really like writing. I would love to be a good writer but it's just not in the cards right now because I cannot I cannot focus on writing um, for you know for any uh, period of time because there's always going to be these emergencies that interrupt uh, any kind of routine I would have in my work. And even because, again, the difference between like being an entrepreneur and having this business means that you will have multiple hats. You're you're not going to be the, the maker hundred percent of the time. So yeah you will you you won't be able to specialize as much in that skill so i think if what what makes you happy is doing the thing that you like doing um and only that so you don't necessarily like to find clients for it you don't necessarily like to uh talk about it you don't like networking you don't like what you like is coding <laughs> then probably if if you're a developer and you like coding uh solo entrepreneur for sure it's impossible and then maybe if you can find yeah like we said like that triads where you can be the maker then it it could be possible but you would definitely need other peoples to fill those other skills and at some point you'll probably will have to hire other developers and, and become more of a management role and so on so um it's yeah if, if you're the maker then i would suggest thinking about other options than entrepreneurship so let's talk about that next. So if someone's listening to this and they're thinking, well, okay, maybe I shouldn't be an entrepreneur, but I do want to not have a job I hate. I do want some financial freedom. I do want maybe some location independence or something like that. I, I you know, I want to have the good life. What are my options here, right? I, I do want to essentially, I perceive myself as being in the rat race. I want to escape it, but you're telling me this is going to be horrible. If I become an entrepreneur, what do I do? What are my options? Join my marketing team. <laughs> <laughs> no, not hiring at the, at the moment. Um, no, but seriously, uh, find a company that that you you admire. Find a company that you can stand behind. And um, a friend of mine, developer, actually did this. So he he had his own business, and then figured out that this whole doing it on his own thing wasn't actually what he liked and so he wanted to have a team again around him he wanted to other people new challenges and so he decided to get a job but of course once you've you've experienced uh, the the thing where you don't you're not having anybody looking over your shoulder you become more demanding uh to what you 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 want and, and accept from a job and so what he did was he identified five companies and only five companies that were in the city where he wanted to live or were hiring remote so dependent um, and that really had the the development um, philosophy that he could stand behind 
only those five. He only applied with those five companies, but with a really good application because he knew the companies back and forth. He knew what he could bring to the company and it was clear why that company would be a match for him too. And he got like two of them were ready to hire. He got one of the companies, he got a job at one of the companies. So I, I feel like identifying what's most important for you so the 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 way you want to work and and the values that you can stand behind and then finding a company that that shows those values that expresses those values is is probably how i would go about this yeah i would also say that i would recommend looking for smaller companies for two reasons first of all um i do think that the, the larger a company grows the more likely it is that you'll just be uh, kind of a, you know a cog in the machine and that, um, yeah, that's just kind of in the nature of larger companies, right? That, that there's just more bureaucracy and more, it's more likely that you won't get your needs met. Or, you know, if you have a suggestion, maybe it just never reaches anyone who can do anything about it, right? That's... I mean, to turn a big ship, it takes much more, right? Yeah. So if you have a suggestion and it has to go 10 levels up before yeah. it can actually, like, before you're at somebody who has the power to make that decision and has to go 10 levels down again, it will take yeah. months for sure. And if you're the, the type of person who's like, well, for me, what I identified of, of, of being one important part of my job is having the decision power over strategic decisions in my, my field, then you're probably not going to be able to have this 10 level, even if it is Facebook or whatever, uh, yeah, big name company, um, so definitely, I, I agree on that. Smaller companies are probably will allow you more more of that freedom and in, in the way you work probably than than large corporate companies will. Yeah, or it's basically I think smaller companies are just more likely to be able to translate the, their caring about employees into something practical. So even in a large corporation, I think even if it's run by people who care. It's much more difficult to translate that caring into action for you know a hundred thousand employees than for fifteen. So it's it's more likely that you will have a non-rat racy experience in a small company. Um, and also, I think large and especially large and popular companies will just be inundated with an endless flood of resumes. Um, whereas for smaller companies, um, what you mentioned before, I think is very important. What I, what I see extremely to be extremely rare is that someone is kind of proactive and, and actually switched on in, in reaching out. And we, we've talked about this before, actually, in other contexts, like reaching out for things like networking or guest posting and things like that, right? It, it shocks me how poor the outreach quality is that we generally get. Where you can just tell, you know, you just get some template email of someone who just, they, they don't give a damn about who you are. And yeah, they, they just couldn't care less. And I think with... Um, with hiring, it's very often like that too, is that, you know, you just, you get resumes where people are clearly just like, you know, they made a hundred copies of the resume and just sent it to everyone. And that's just not going to work. I mean, you're just not going to stand out. Um, and the same thing is even, you know, when a company hires, which is also a lot of people kind of wait for uh, a company to hire, to, to reach out to them, right? And then again, you just have endless piles of, of same-ish um, uninspired resumes and it's it's very different if someone comes along and says you know instead of hey please hire me I'll and I'll do what I'll say and do whatever I need to do to get this job right I just want to get this job and you have this kind of super stifled fake hiring conversation if someone comes along and says listen 
it communicates to you, look, I actually understand your company. I know what you do. I know your products or your services or whatever. And here's why I like what you do. Here's why I care about this. Um, and, and here's how I can bring value to this business. Even though that's fairly generic, how to get hired advice from the, from the business owner side, I basically never see this. Mm. Okay. I, I basically never see this. This is less than 1%, um, of, of outreach towards us has this kind of quality where you feel like this person has actually interacted with our business before. And actually we, we were just talking about, about attitudes of, of good entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And I think this is actually an attitude that both a good entrepreneur yes. and uh, somebody who, who identified that maybe entrepreneurship isn't for them both needs. It's you take it in your own hands. You don't wait for somebody to hand it to you. So you're not waiting and, and just like being like, Oh, I made my LinkedIn profile and now somebody magically gonna, um, offer me the job of my life. It's like waiting in your apartment, hoping that Prince Charming is going to ring at your door. Like it's probably not going to happen. And if it happened to you, please tell me how, um, <laughs> but it's, it's just, it's, it's one of those things where it's so easy to say like, Oh, I'm in, I'm in a crappy job or I can't find a, a good job or, but so little people actually do the work of identifying what's important to them and then finding a company that, that gives them what they need. And, and yeah, this whole, just the whole proactive thing. I think that's, that's a quality that a lot of people are lacking, unfortunately. <laughs> and, and that together with the victim mentality is probably one of the reasons also why it's so easy just to, um, yeah, it's the boss's fault, right? Mm. Um, because even if today, and this is this is me going on more of a rant, yes, yay! Do it. <laughs> even if today you're 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 in a job where you're not one hundred percent satisfied, instead of just throwing the towel, like probably you can do something to make your job better. If you identify what makes you unhappy in your job, then you can probably find something, be proactive about it, go ask your manager or, or the other person. I mean, go ask if you can have one day to work from home and, and show how fucking productive you'll be in that one day, for example, if that is what you're looking for. Or or there are there are so many ways and it's just it's just too easy to be like, oh yeah, yeah. well somebody else didn't hand it to me on a silver platter exactly what i was looking for so yeah not my fault yeah and also as an employer i have to say you know it's it is difficult because of course i can't fulfill everyone's wishes all the time but it's also frustrating to know that the default mode for a lot of people is that they will basically just complain about you behind your back, right? So they, they will complain maybe to their friends, oh, you know, if I can work, I can't, I don't have enough freedom, or I don't have this, or this is annoying. But they won't tell me, right? <laughs> it's, it's like, I, and I think this is, yeah, the proactive, the proactive thing is really, really important there because it is a negotiation, but, but I have to know what the problems are. I have to know what the needs are and so on. And even though I can't just solve everything magically, it's extremely valuable for me to know this because of course I don't want to have annoyed employees. I don't want to have employees who hate their job and so on. But if, if I'm never told about it, then I'm, uh, yeah, it's a bit difficult for me to, to create a better work environment for people. Right. And yeah, like you say, I think, I think this proactive thing is, is super important because if you can do that, 
Um, and if, if you, first of all, if you can make yourself really valuable, so if you are the crafts person and you can do an extremely good job and you know, you're, you're productive and you're not slacking off, you do valuable work and you're like, you show engagement, you show that you care, then I think it's, it's kind of like a, a virtuous or vicious cycle. Because if you do that, then you have much more negotiating power for things like, okay, I want to, you know, I want to do some remote work or something like that. Um, or also just negotiating power over your salary, right? Um, the harder it is to replace you, the higher your, the higher the salary you can command. And, um, and, and, but also the more you, the more likely you are to get what you want, then the more likely you are to actually enjoy your work. And the more you're basically just like, you know, uh, disengaged and uncaring and and uh, waiting instead of proactive and so on, the less likely you are to enjoy your work. And then, of course, the less likely you are to, to produce good quality work and so on. So I do think that awareness of whether you are in this virtuous cycle or in this vicious cycle and, and the initiative to do something about it, that can make a huge, huge difference to your experience. Another thing here is that I do think that for freedom, which is what a lot of entrepreneurs or a lot of people get into entrepreneurship for to, to pursue freedom, which is something I totally understand. For me, that's one of the greatest values I get out of this personally, right? It's just my personal level of freedom. Um, but that's also something where remote work is something that gives you a lot of freedom, also gives you responsibility, but it gives you a lot of freedom. And it's becoming more and more common. It's, it's not impossible anymore to find remote work. Like you can go to a site like Remote OK to find you know piles and piles of job offerings for remote work um and that's something that is also very much worth considering but you also have to remember that it does come at a cost um, it does come at the cost of more like self-responsibility and it also comes at the cost of like usually salary is going to be much lower um and or maybe and there's going to be fewer benefits or whatever like there's always a trade-off so you can't you can't expect to get the exact same salary and the same benefits and so on but not have to show up at the office and one one other trade-off I think that many people forget, and that's also a reason why people get back into in, into going to the office, is your colleagues. Mm. I mean, if if you're now in a job and you like your colleagues, even if your job isn't uh, isn't the most amazing job in the world, you probably enjoy going every day just because of the people that you spend a lot of time with. The moment that you work remote, you don't have that anymore, and and it is pretty pretty easy to to find yourself lonely at that point so i think that's something to consider also are you a person who who yeah who likes being around other people who likes hanging out at the coffee machine <laughs> or who's yeah who's more interested at being able to go to the gym in the middle of the day because that's when when you I was gonna say because that's when the best time for the gym is but i mean that's just my opinion <laughs> But yeah, and then there's there's another one that we haven't talked about. So um, one thing was already like identifying what you want from a job and then finding the companies that, that can help you. But it might also be identifying the jobs that actually fit your lifestyle that you're looking for. Mm. So exactly like you said, there are a lot of remote jobs, but you might be like, well, today I, I don't like my job can't be done remote, which, okay, I'm, I'm, I would challenge you on that idea. But there are, of course, jobs that are that are harder to do remote than others. And yeah, maybe it means that for whatever, uh, three months, you set yourself a challenge to actually learn Facebook ads, because that's what most people like, 
that's something that hires a lot remote or some other job where you're like, okay, this is like, you go to one of those websites about remote work and you see that in certain categories, there's just way, way more offers. Mm -hmm. And you, you will also see the salaries because there's a difference between writing SEO articles and actually doing Facebook ads, for example, for a company, probably it's not the same skill set. So it's not the same pay. So at that point, you can actually identify if if you did this first thing of like looking, what are the, the, the things that I need to be happy? And, and yeah, freedom is one of those who you want to work remote. And then you're like, OK, what are the jobs that are actually hiring remote and how can I acquire those skills? Again, this goes back to the being proactive thing, um, but there are today with the internet and i think this is something that we already talked about in another episode too there's absolutely no excuse not to be able to learn something like you can learn anything online udemy skillshare whatever there there are tons of of, of online courses online schools there are even universities doing their their courses online so if you want to acquire a skill and even a, a, a diploma or certificate or whatever in, in a certain job, you can do that online and you can work towards that ideal uh, situation. So in summary, what we're really saying is that the entrepreneurial skills that we have talked about in most of this podcast, skills like how to be productive when you work for yourself and skills like how to acquire skills and skills like how to be better at communicating things. These are extremely valuable entrepreneurial skills, even if being an entrepreneur itself is not the right thing for you. Because what we're really saying here is that you should question whether you should be an entrepreneur because you can have the benefits that being an entrepreneur promises you or the benefits that the reasons why you got into it. You might be able to have those benefits without having to do a lot of the grind work and the downside of being an entrepreneur. And it requires many of the same skills. So I think this is also just an important insight, right? It's like the, the lines are a bit blurred because I do think that, especially with the focus that we have here on the Active Growth Podcast, where we we kind of talk about these, these fundamental skills, um, where it's not so much about, you know, yeah, how to do SEO on a blog post. It's more about how to keep doing SEO on blog posts, even if it gets boring <laughs> or like how to right? these kinds of skills are, are super important for entrepreneurs, but they're also super important for leveling up um, your, your work and life situation, even if entrepreneurship, even if you are not the one, you know, steering the ship. I wonder, um, I'm not sure if this is a French Dutch term or if it actually ex in, <laughs> exists in English, but here we go. There's a word that's called intrapreneur. Mm -hmm. And this basically means that you are an entrepreneur within an organization. And I really, really love this notion. And I, I identify myself with that term because I think exactly like you said, you need, you're not just an employee where something happens to you. You're not trying to get out of your nine to five with the rat race or even complaining about your nine to five, you're actually applying all these soft skills that are so important to your, your, to better the company that you're working for. And at that point you're an entrepreneur, which is something that is really valuable. And that I would argue is let, let's stop glorifying this, this whole thing of being an entrepreneur and actually, yeah, let's start glorifying also the intrapreneurship. Yes. I'm all for that. 
Now, if you resonated with this episode or if you think that we're completely on the wrong track, let us know, leave us a voice message. You can find it on the page activegrowth.com forward slash 37. And there you will find the little widget where you can record yourself. We always love hearing about it. And if you have a question, then we can also answer it in one of the upcoming episodes. And with that, thank you for listening and we'll see you in the next one.